you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton, and I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing better than old LSU, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. I, what about that, man? Hey, we're having a shitty season. You know what? Let's just opt out, Mike. Let's just, you know, <laughs> let's, 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 let's be the bigger man here and just, you know what? We're not going to have a bowl game. I mean, it's like, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Like, if there were a season to just go ahead and get your, your self-made trophy, you know, if you think it would be 2020, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, and you know it's funny. I know uh, you know LSU fans aren't laughing, but hell, I just saw before we hopped on here, Boston College. They announced. I don't know if you saw this, Shane, but they said, and I think they're. I think they've been ranked in the top twenty-five this year. So I, they're. Mm-hmm. I think they're a decent team, but uh, they said, hey, if we get invited to a bowl game, which I assume they were going to, they said we're not going. Uh, we need. We need a break. The players need a break. And, you know, that's something that we didn't mention there with uh, the Eric Gilbert news who officially did opt out. He is not officially transferred, so his status mm-hmm. is up in the air. But that's one thing where, you know, we just have not mentioned with these with this season yet where especially these freshmen who come to an SEC program and they're not locals. And, yeah. you know, that's some of the best times of your life is just integrating into the campus and, and meeting people and, and going to class. And then here we are living on zoom. And when, <laughs> when football practice is over, you're supposed to, you know, go back to your damn dorm and not do anything. And, and I know they're not necessarily always doing that, but this has got to be the damn roughest year of all time for these guys that, uh, you know, regardless of what anyone tells you, they got a damn job right now. And it's, it's playing football and and usually they get to have fun too, but I think that's significantly uh, reduced this year due to, due to all the protocols and everything. So I bet I think there's going to be teams that are going to be opt a lot more teams at LSU going to be opting out of a bowl game. I guess is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I really am surprised that we haven't seen more of it, but uh, just kind of show kind of shows you the just the buying culture at the SEC. Man, these these guys these kids have toughed it out. The coaches have toughed it out. And, uh, you know, we're, you could see the finish line. And, and I know that's sad for us because football's almost over. But, you know, for these student athletes, it's like, hey, guys, you know, your hard work's paying off. We're, we're about to have our last our final games here. Let's have some fun. And, and then, you know, let's let, we'll, then we'll cut you loose. We'll let you, you know, live your college life, because I think that's important, too, Mike. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, speaking of that, Shane, so we do got one more week. And uh, here on Thursday, I want to break this down just real quick. The SEC announced next week's schedule 
So, of course, they've been delaying all this just because we've been piecing together the schedule. Uh, so I've got to run down this real quick. And again, this is not obviously this weekend's schedule. It's the following. It's the final weekend of SEC regular season. And <laughs> it's just kind of funny because the SEC championship game is, is also next weekend. So they're playing them all, trying to fit <laughs> all these games in. We got two nooners. They did it right here, Shane. Texas A&M at Tennessee at noon and Vanderbilt at Georgia. So that's a solid noon lineup right there. Mm-hmm. The 330 games, we got Ole Miss at LSU. That could be an entertaining game. And Missouri at Mississippi State. So we'll have two more games at 330. And then uh, last but certainly not least, the CBS night game, SEC championship. We already know the, the teams, Alabama and Florida. So, hell, even next weekend – Man, we're we're yeah. just we're getting spoiled here with all this SEC football. We gotta enjoy it while we can. You know what? Absolutely, man. I I am stoked. I, I'm pumped up for this weekend, next weekend, uh, and then after that, it's gonna be like bowl games. This guy, oh man, when is the, when's the seniors played? You know, I need a little <laughs> fix, man. When's the Pro Bowl, baby? <laughs> so. Uh, we're uh, football's winded down, man. But we doesn't mean we can't enjoy it while it's here. Yep. All right, one more thing before we uh, get to our picks here, Shane. This uh, all came out, I believe, on Wednesday evening, I want to say. We got three Gamecocks, Shane, after the hiring of Shane Beamer, have announced they're all going pro. Ernest Jones, the outstanding linebacker. Shai Smith, maybe an all-SEC selection at receiver. And then Sedarius Hutchinson, who was a senior, so... You know, he had the option to come back, but he just let it be known. He's shifting his focus to the NFL, and that's not a surprise because these guys are so good, and once there's a coaching, you know, uh, change, uh, they all signed up to play for Will Muschamp, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they, they'll support the Gamecocks moving forward, but, the you know, let's credit these guys. They stuck it out. These are the guys that could have opted out to uh, as soon as Muschamp was gone, as soon as the season started going you know, in the wrong direction. They could have given up and opted out or quit or whatever you want to call it. These are the guys that stuck it out. So I just wanted to honor these guys. We've seen the last of them in a Gamecock uniform. But, uh, you know, good for them. And I hope they all are high draft picks. No, and, and, and you should honor them, Mike, because, you know, it it has been a tough year. And it's been especially tough for the Gamecock nation and, uh, the turmoil, losing your head coach. I mean, they had all the reasons to opt out earlier. They didn't. They stuck it out. And and I hope that helps them, you know, when some of these these GMs and and, and uh, coaches are looking at these guys and say, hey, you know what, they, they put the team first, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I think I think that's going to help them on draft day. So uh, I wish them the, nothing but the best. That's awesome. All right, buddy. Hey, we've uh, we got some games to pick. You ready to uh, make our latest round of SEC picks? Hell yeah, let's do it, baby. <laughs> gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, me. Heard you say that. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. I I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. Let's get a look at those game day forecasts. It's going to be cold for some of these games this week. Alabama at Arkansas temps in the low 40s. It's actually going to feel like it's in the 30s throughout the game with the wind of 10 to 15 miles per hour. So make sure you bundle up if you're going to go to that game. Luckily, there's not going to be any rain or snow in the forecast, and it's going to be 
even colder for the Georgia-Mizzou game. Temperatures are going to be in the 30s up there in Columbia. Actual wind chills are going to be in the low 30s, upper 20s with winds gusting up to around 20, maybe 25 miles per hour. So as you can imagine, that could impact the offense. They're going to want to be tossing that ball around. And with those winds that strong, going to have to keep a close eye on that game. We have another game where it looks like it could be pretty windy as well. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Tennessee at Vandy. Temperatures aren't going to be too bad in the 60s. Going to fall into the upper 50s by the fourth quarter, and those winds are going to be around 20 miles per hour, maybe some gust up to 25 miles per hour. So just like that Georgia-Mizzou game, this one could be impacted by those gusty winds. Not sure how much either of these two teams are going to toss that ball around, but if it comes down to a field goal game with the winds gusting up to 20 to 25 miles per hour, we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. Isolated showers in the forecast, but I think the rain chances will start to shut down as the game kicks off, but we'll keep a close eye on that forecast. Just note the winds are going to be gusty. Very small chance for a shower once the game gets going. But if you're going to tailgate before the game, definitely a chance for a few showers in the morning. LSU at Florida, this is going to be a nice one. Gainesville, those temperatures are going to be in the 60s throughout the duration of the game. The low 60s, light winds, no rain chances. So that's going to be a perfect game. And for the last game, Auburn and Mississippi State, temperatures are going to be in the low 50s at kickoff, falling into the upper 40s by that fourth quarter. It's going to be dry with just a light. All right, Shane, first game on the docket here. We got Alabama on the road, number one team in the nation at Arkansas. The Crimson Tide, 32 and a half point favorite. This is uh, the largest spread Crimson Tide have faced in six games here. The over-under is at 68 total points. Alabama's won 13 in a row over Arkansas, and they won last year 48-7. And, of course, they hold the all-time lead here, 23-7, and they're 8-4 all-time in Fayetteville. So, so having said all that, Shade, who do you like in this matchup? Oh, man, Mike. You know, this is a this is – we talked about it earlier in the week. David Goliath kind of showdown here. Um, I really like how strong Arkansas has been and, and competitive in every single game that they've played this season. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, man, it's like it's it's getting harder for them. It, it, they're losing players. They've they've had to deal with some opt outs. You know, we had Felipe, but KJ stepped up last week. But you know, Alabama's a different animal, man. And and Coach Saban has shown us one thing this season is that they're prepared for everybody that they faced. So um, I, I really, I really am not expecting a ball game here, man. And, and it's nothing against the Razorback Nation. I, I love what what they've done. I love what Coach Pittman's put on the field. But we're we're witnessing something spectacular here, man. I'm telling you, the 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide team. Uh, my favorites to win a national championship because I've just not seen anybody that stepped in the ring and, and and threatened them at all. Hell, I don't even think Saban sweated that much there at the house when he wasn't even at the game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, so right. this this is uh, this is an absolute machine, absolute unit. So I, I expect Alabama to jump up early, jump in early, uh, and stay up till the end of the game. However. 32 points is a lot of freaking points, Mike. I mean, that is almost mm-hmm. five touchdowns. And I just – everything that we've seen this year, there's nothing in my mind – there's no way you can convince me that that Arkansas is going to allow anyone to beat them by five scores. So I'm going to do it early, Mike. I'm going to go ahead and lock this one down. This is my lock of the week. Ooh. Razorbacks to cover the spread. Obviously, uh, I still got Alabama winning this thing, but it wouldn't surprise me if we get a little backdoor cover here. Alabama, 42. Arkansas, 21. All right, Shane. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue anything you just said there. Alabama looks like a machine. Mm-hmm. Just rolling into the SEC championship game, uh, but uh, you know I I particularly like the last thing you said. But one thing I think uh, you you didn't necessarily hit on, and this is just kind of a guess on my part. So you know there's no reason for you to maybe mention this, but I wonder with Alabama already locking up the SEC West, you know how early they're going to pull their starters in this one. And That's good. I, I would imagine even maybe a player 
like Devonta Smith, maybe he won't even play. I mean, so I think he will. I think he will. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But, you know, if there's a star player or two that's a little dinged up, I could see him not even playing in this matchup. So I think that's a factor for me. Uh, but I think the best thing you said there was, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, Sam Pittman's got this team fighting. They're still fighting hard. They literally had the they had the lead with 43 seconds mm-hmm. went for two they went for the win they could have went for the tie there tried to force overtime against Missouri on the road last week but and I think you know in years past certainly that's what Arkansas would have done they would have played it safe let's kick the extra point but that's not the mentality of Sam Pittman's program so they're going for the win they've you know they're fighting hard they're going to be outmatched here on every level but uh, you, you just can't uh you know, outmatch their hustle this year. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Arkansas is going to give them a fight. When, when it comes to the Razorbacks, some of the issues that I have, though, is we don't know if Felipe Franks is going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if Grant Morgan's going to play. Those are some key players there potentially missing for Arkansas. This is a tough one to pick. But, you, you know, you got to go Alabama the way that uh, – even if Arkansas was 100% healthy, you got to pick Alabama to win this game. So I'm right there with you. I'm picking Alabama to win it by a large margin. But because of all the things I said with Alabama potentially playing it safe, and I just don't think they're going to run up the score on the Razorbacks this week, I'm mm-hmm. going Alabama 48, Arkansas 20, the Razorbacks cover. Well, to something, man, uh, and I don't know if you've noticed this – recently you're not seeing a lot of that early pull at the late of the season um you know i think back when the patriots were undefeated during the regular season and you know the giants beating them it some of them questioned some of the the lack of hustle toward the end of that regular season and was that a factor in in them not winning a super bowl that year And, and you've seen some other coaches uh, mainly in the NFL, it seems like, you know, just kind of those final two games when they got the playoff spot locked up, they just kind of go cruise control and then they get upset in the in the playoffs. So I, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. And, I, and I've not seen that from Saban. I know he pulls players, but he doesn't do it early. Uh, he, he likes to keep uh, at least a handful of starters out there, maybe some that actually need – more reps or something like that because he he I think he goes in training camp mode at sometimes during these games so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't expect him to pull really early uh, maybe somebody like a Devonte Smith or something I could maybe see that but I do expect a little bit of a vanilla offense though um, something you hit on I I, I just I, I think his his main objection here him Sarkeesian just let's show as little as possible because. You know, we may need that the following week with the Gators. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there's one other noon game, Shane, but I'm going to save that for the, the tail end of the show because I think it's the best game on the docket. So let's kick it over to the, the 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central game on SEC Network. Them Tennessee Vols, Shane. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, they could suffer any more decommits at this point, but uh, they're going on the road to face Vanderbilt. Tennessee's a 14-point favorite. And I got the over-under at 50. Now, of course, Tennessee won last season, 28-10, but Vanderbilt won the last time. This was in Nashville, 38-13. So who do you like in this matchup? Well, Mike, I love the Volunteers. I really do, man. But not only are they losing on the field, but they're losing off the field right now. They are in – they are spiraling, buddy. And, you know, we talk about both these programs absolutely needing a victory. Well, I'm thinking Tennessee needs it more now. I really do. I think Coach Pruitt needs it more now. I think these players need it more than ever uh, just to get some of these damn naysayers off their back. So I'm expecting if Coach can get these guys fired up and (laughs) have that us-against-the-world mentality, including our own fan base, I think that could be extremely beneficial. I think – the only way that this can not go Tennessee's way is if Pruitt gets in his own damn way and starts rotating these damn quarterbacks again. Because let's face it, Mike, when you look at these rosters top to bottom, you've got a Vanderbilt team that is, can barely field a team. 
they see an opportunity to get their only victory this season. They they got people coming in that's never even played football this week. And that's just the that's just the current status of the Vanderbilt Commodores. You got the Tennessee Volunteers a little banged up, but damn, they're a lot more talented than than Vanderbilt. You can't tell me any different. So I really expect them to lean hard on that offensive line on this running game. Expect Eric Gray to have over a hundred yards rushing easy. I wouldn't I even think Chandler has a little bit of success in, on the on the ground as well, but this is an opportunity for them to really open up this offense, show the nation that they've got a quarterback finally in Harrison Bailey. I expect a blowout here, Mike. I think Tennessee comes out uh, and, and puts Vanderbilt away. Not only is it a rivalry game, but again, it's it's a game that's really needed in that locker room. So I've got the final score here, Tennessee. 42, Vanderbilt, 17. Mm, dang. Yeah, that's right. 42 points. I don't think we've scored 42 in the last eight weeks, but they managed to They've not to get scored 42 Saturday. all season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just expect it, man. I'm expecting it. Now, I've heard uh, a lot of folks are predicting, uh, uh, what's her name, to kick the game-winning field goal this weekend. So I may be totally wrong here, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be Tennessee's luck right there. Sarah Fuller, the kicker, maybe, uh, maybe she has the. If she if she's gonna have a game winning field goal, I I'll guarantee it's against Tennessee. I, that's one thing I can promise. But uh, you know, I'm with you. This is this is a scary game for me, Shane, because I can't disagree with anything you just said. Uh, Vanderbilt is down to one defensive lineman on the entire roster. They're down to one outside linebacker on the entire roster they've moved defensive backs corners that have never played linebacker they're 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 the new linebackers <laughs> i mean this is also and tennessee's got damn five stars across the board on the offensive line they've and you mentioned it there eric gray might be their best player ty chandler he's also you know he's been heating up here i thought he was the better back against florida and, and that's no slight to Eric Gray because he's been playing well too. So you said 100. I think they're both – I would almost lock it up that they're both getting 100, maybe even yeah. you know 150. I mean, this is a, this is a opponent that Eric Gray went for like what, – what was it? Something like 250 on last year. All signs mm-hmm. point to uh, Tennessee being able to lean on Vanderbilt. We all know Tennessee's issues at the quarterback position. This is the perfect opponent to – break that out, you know, try to solve those issues because I don't even think they're going to have to throw the damn ball in this game. And when they do, you know, just hit them with some play action and and it should be wide open there. But having said all that, Shane, this is the Tennessee Vols. And I'm pretty sure the history of this damn podcast, every time one of us has locked up the Vols, uh, not only have they not covered, they've outright lost. So I don't have confidence if – you know, despite everything I just said, I don't have confidence in them enough to lock this thing up. But uh, especially when we got Ken Seals wheeling and dealing, we just had Tennessee's kicker. Uh, you know, you, we mentioned Sarah Fuller there. She might be better than anything Tennessee's got because uh, Somaglia has opted out. You know, he wasn't healthy already. So yeah, that that could be an issue. I mean, if this is a close game, you don't think it will be, so it, that may not be an issue at all. But what happens if we miss an extra point or two? What if uh, this game is a fourth quarter game and we're getting in a position where you know we're one dimensional? We see that uh, all Tennessee can do is run the ball. They got to kick a field goal to win it. I don't have confidence in them to get that done. So who knows? Crazier things have happened. Jeremy Pruitt. They might leave him in uh, Nashville. He might be our new podcast co-host if he loses this damn game Shane he might be moving in up here with me so I've got I've got confidence (laughs) in Tennessee to get this thing done but I'm not locking it up normally I would any other opponent I would I'm right there with you but I got it a lot closer than you do I got Tennessee 30 Vanderbilt 14 Mm. well and that's the thing Mike listen listen to what we just said we expect big games from Eric Gray and Ty Chandler Now, to have running, you would think that's what we need to do is lean on the offensive line and get the rushing game going. Tennessee needs to do the exact freaking opposite here. They know 
that we're going to run the first two downs. You saw what I did last week, Mike. That's not a fluke. You go back to week one, we were doing the same damn thing. We're trying to run, run, run to Mm -hmm. set up the pass. If Tennessee wants to win this game and if they want to blow it out, they got to do the opposite. They got to come out guns a blazes. They got to let Harrison Bailey get comfortable quick and early because once they can't lock that box, once they can't put eight, nine players in there against those big old uglies up front, then that's when the holes open up for Eric Gray. You think about that game with uh, Mizzou that they played earlier this season. The most success that Eric Gray had was when we were able to run, when we were able to throw the ball. So that's, I mean, it shouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, that we've got to actually establish the pass to get these guys involved in the running game. Mm -hmm. All right, next game on the docket, Shane, ESPN night game, LSU at Florida, annually one of the best games in the SEC, 7 o'clock Eastern. Of course, it may not be very competitive this year. Florida, 23-point favorite. 68 points is the over-under. But check this out, Shane. LSU's won seven of the last ten. Mm-hmm. And the last ten in Gainesville, like this game, is in Gainesville. The series has been split five to five. So who do you like in this matchup? You know, we talked about this one. Uh, I mean, just jump on the Winsipedia page and look <laughs> at the last time these teams have met. It's always been a really, really close ball game. Until this year, Mike. <laughs> oh, LSU, LSU, where are you? Now, I, I think the problem is, is hell, they're already bowing out, man. They're not wanting to do bowl games. They got players just opting out for the draft. I mean, could you imagine what's going on behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. I just, you've got two, you got two teams on two different. I mean, they're they're on two different streets right now. One's heading. One's heading a vacation and getting ready for Christmas, you know, and the other one's <laughs> pumped up, ready for a national championship run. So I, I don't think this is going to be a game at all, Mike. In fact, I think it's going to be freaking ugly. You thought that LSU-Alabama game was ugly? Well, you're about to get part two this week because the Florida Gators are going to come. This is a tune-up game for them mm-hmm. to prepare for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I expect a huge game from the Florida Gators here. High score. Uh, what's the spread on this one? 23 in favor of Florida. Shit, Mike. I, 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 it's, I'm almost ashamed that I can't lock this one up because I'm going to go Florida 45, LSU 14. Man, we uh, spent a lot of time poking at Tennessee. Who's got it worse right now, Shane? Tennessee fans or LSU fans? And I know Tennessee's been down for a while. LSU just coming off a national championship. So, you know, they've got a lot to celebrate, but – I would imagine, man, they're in the they're in the dump. It's like riding a damn roller coaster. They're they're at the bottom <laughs> of the bottom now, and yeah. they know what uh, victory feels like. They know what championship football's like. So, I don't know. It may hurt more. Who do you think's got it worse right now? Uh, I I think right now I think LSU just because the expectations were a lot higher. Mm-hmm. You know, we expected good things from Tennessee, but. After a few games of Garitano, we knew exactly what we had. LSU was still up and down, and and now it's just an, an utter disappointment. So, um, yeah, I think I think LSU's in a little – and that's crazy coming off a national championship, but still, when you come off a championship, you expect another one. I, I'll tell you right now, I'm first – I've been waiting for one since 98, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 99, I thought, was our year. I was so pissed off at Virginia Tech. I, I just like, we would smoke these guys. But uh, anyway, I mean, you just expect that when, when, you, when you just, you know, you witness greatness. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's obviously a little harder on the LSU fans right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is another one. They've got a damn quarterback controversy, too, because – uh, you know, they're saying Max Johnson may get the start. I think Tank Finley's looked pretty good, but, uh, you know, I guess I guess Texas A&M, he didn't look that good. He threw the pick six. But yeah, I, maybe it's more of a – they now they need to give Max Johnson a shot because T.J. Finley's not been winning the last couple games. But, hell, we're going into the uh, last two games of the season and we're, we're still trying to find a quarterback. We got Bo mm-hmm. Pelini going against Dan Mullen. I can't think of a bigger mismatch in all the SEC this weekend when you're talking about uh, what coordinator 
or play caller against the other. You got opt-outs. Um, you know, it seems like Coach O's been uh, talking up what a great guy Dan Mullen is and all this this week. I think he's uh, begging to for him to take it easy on him. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at if we're if we're at LSU. So last year, this was the game that uh, you know Florida had an opportunity. Kyle Trask, or yeah, Kyle Trask made a. You know, he played. I thought he played really well. This was kind of his big showcase game after earning the starting job. But he did have an interception there, Derek Stingley. I think he may have had two in this game, and that was the difference in the game. So I think Trask is going to be really locked in. And, you know, I don't really necessarily believe in running up the score, especially in the the SEC. I think it's on the defense to stop them. But it certainly Mm -hmm. seemed like uh, Florida was throwing a lot on Tennessee late. I think they're trying to boost Kyle Trask's stats, and I think that continues this week. I think they're gonna. Yeah. He's gonna be locked in. I think they're gonna want to have a huge, uh, you know, game for Trask to because his stats are outstanding. Yeah. He's in a Heisman race here. He's got to keep it going. Final home game of the season. Florida wins forty-five. LSU twenty. Florida covers the spread. Hmm. They were. I told him, I'm not really liking that we're on the same page here, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) You can't fade me this week, I guess, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, I was thinking, man, because going into this week, this one's like, like, of course, I haven't been great. I I mean, last week was fantastic, but Mm -hmm. this week it's like, man, I just don't know. I mean, I've changed my score twice just since we've been on the podcast (laughs) on two of these games. So, yeah, I mean, who knows what the hell's going to happen. All right, the other night game, Shed, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one too. Auburn at Mississippi State, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. Auburn's favored by 6.5, and and the over-under set at 49 points. Auburn won last year 56 to 23, but Mississippi State, they won last time it was in Starkville. This game's in Starkville too. They won back in 2018, 23-9. Who do you like in this matchup? Ooh, buddy. Uh, this one right here, this is the one. Like, if I was the most uncertain about a game, it's this one right here. I, I've, 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 tried, I've tried to wheel Auburn to a successful season this year. I really have. If you think about it, Mike, when we started this baby uh, back in August, uh, I was pushing for Auburn to make a run for the SEC West Championship. And they've been they've been very disappointing. I mean, starting out of the gate, they were really sluggish. There's a couple questionable wins under the belt. Then it felt like they 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 found a new chapter or a new a new form of life with uh, with Tank back there at running back. It felt like once that running game really started to get going, you know, then the the whole Auburn offense got going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and Mississippi State, it's like they're doing the opposite. You know, they 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 showed everybody in the country that they they can win and they can do it convincingly. But then we found out later LSU is not that good and Mississippi State really struggled to find their identity. But they've got a quarterback now. They're they're creating chemistry. There's life, man. Some of these receivers, you know, you're starting to remember their names because they're actually pretty damn good. The defense, you hit on it earlier. We're we're talking about a defense that that gave up what eight rushing yards to the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. You know, the SEC team that loves to run the most. And I, that's scary to me when I'm thinking about this game because, again, go back to what I just said. When Auburn wasn't running, this offense wasn't running. And I expect Mississippi State to stop Tank. I mean, he's already banged up as it is. I'm, I'm, Mike, I'm predicting an upset here. I've got Mississippi State winning this game. Now, it's going to be close, but I think Mississippi State gets that final touchdown, 28 Auburn, 21. Gus, getting fired this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling it. Yeah, and we all know Bad Bo, he shows up on the road. That, uh, you know, that helps your case. I like that you pinpointed the Mississippi State defense because I think they're critical in this one as well. When Auburn can't run the ball, they're just not that effective of an offense. Now, 
Uh, I looked it up because that was something I was interested in because they have been losing a lot of games yet. You know, they have been, they've been able to run the ball in a lot of these games they're losing. So I think they're going to be able to have some success against Mississippi State on the ground, but will it be enough? I don't know. Uh, One dangerous thing here for Mississippi State, in my opinion, you know, we've seen in recent weeks, Auburn can be run on. I mean, Texas A&M ran all over them. Alabama had a ton of success, yet even if it's there, I don't know if Mississippi State will take it, you know, because they just Mm -hmm. love throwing the damn ball so much. Maybe Mike Leach has come around to that a little bit. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Will Rogers is playing really well right now. He's, you can, it's clear he's got some uh, chemistry going with some of these young receivers. Mississippi State, outside of that LSU game, with uh, in the season opener, of course, you know they are playing the best football of the season. I know they've lost both the games. They lost the Egg Bowl. They lost to Georgia, but both of those tight games, both of those games could have been won mm-hmm. by Mississippi State. And I, I certainly think Georgia is a better team than Auburn. And I thought when Auburn and, and Ole Miss played, I came away with that thinking Ole Miss was better too. So, you know mm-hmm. how how you did against one team and, and the other team. I know that doesn't always play out, but Man, <laughs> people are going to get frustrated. I swear. I swear. We do not share our picks before we make these shows. But I'm going. Oh, no. Upset special and lock of the week. <laughs> Honda Morristown special. Mississippi State 24. <laughs> Auburn 23. And I'm in part picking that. Not that I'm wishing ill on Gus Malzahn, but I am going to. I'll be interested to see the drama down there. What happens if uh, if they lose this game? He very well might be out the door. Jeez, Mike. Who do they turn to? I think this is the first time that they not only fire the coach, but the offensive coordinator at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Hey, coach, take Morris with you because he's not running this program either. <laughs> See, everybody uh, wants to say Hugh Freeze to Tennessee. I think Hugh Freeze to Auburn. I think that's the the dream scenario right there. Oh, man, he'd freaking love that. Yes, sir. Right back, he'd get to play Ole Miss. He'd get to play Mississippi State. He'd get to go up against Nick Saban again. Yep. It'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. No, no, again, I don't want to speculate. I I just, you know, it was tough for me to, 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 I guess predict an upset. You know, I didn't know you were going to do it as well. So again, I'm, I'm a little more, a little more leery in my decision making <laughs> here. But, <laughs> but it just, it just feels like that writing's on the wall. You know what I'm saying? I've not seen anything lately from Auburn that I'm just like, you know what? They, they're back, baby. You know, it's just, they're just, I don't know. And then you got Gus coming out with these cryptic comments, and mm-hmm. you've got, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not. I'm not liking the vibe that I'm that I'm hearing down there in Auburn. So, I, I but I do in Mississippi, Mississippi State. I'm watching these guys and and these freshmen. Just I mean, they're just having so much damn fun out there now. And it and it felt like, you know, I don't know if that was more to do with some of the upperclassmen and the the locker room, you know, because they did go through some turmoil there. Mm-hmm. But now it feels like we've got a new regenerized team here uh, a team that we were promised week one is, is now finally come to fruition and mississippi state's a dangerous freaking team to play right now and, and you factor that with how great the defense has been yeah just, i just i feel pretty confident with this one man yeah this is kind of what we tried to indicate when all that turmoil was going around you know it's never good you know it hurts your roster it hurts perception it hurts a lot when you're losing mm-hmm. i don't know what they lost like seven eight nine guys you know i mean hell they lost a ton of guys some right. some of them were playmakers in that week one game and and here they're transferring a couple games later i mean it's that's a terrible look but at the same time when a new coach takes over you know i don't necessarily like the the term like running guys off because I think it's a two-way street you know sometimes the players are just not happy and right and and sometimes you know the coach probably wants them to stick it out but at the same time if you're not fully invested you got to go because you're going to hold back the the momentum the transition everything and it, it feels like 
after shedding those players, it seems like Mike Leach now knows who he can count on, who he can trust, Mm -hmm. what players to put in the position to make the plays, and they're starting to buy in, and they're starting to to make those plays on offense. And I think a big part of that is Will Rogers uh, at at the quarterback position who's looking so – so good as the seasons come along here as a true freshman. Absolutely. All right, final game here, Shane. This is the one I've been waiting for here. So this is a nooner on SEC Network. They sure know how to hide these best games. <laughs> Georgia <laughs> at Missouri. This could be a fantastic game. Georgia, 13-point favorite on the road. 53-and-a-half is the over-under. Georgia's won six in a row against Missouri and last year they won 27-0, to but Missouri's won three in a row. And if they win this game, Shane, they'll have won six out of seven to close the season. Oh, my Lord. Mm. Eli Drinkowitz and the Tigers are on fire. Who do you like in this matchup, Shane? <laughs> oh, man. Do we not got a hot video on this? I mean, Mizzou media guys, probably, I mean, he's not the greatest, but they are putting some – they've been known to put some hot videos out. We got any? Um, I have not found any, no. <laughs> okay. Well, man, they just really don't care about this game. This is a top 25 matchup, Mike. This should, <laughs> this should, this should be, uh, this should be game day worthy. That's what I'm thinking, man. That's, that's, that's how good Mizzou has been lately. They, because they really have been playing the part of a top 25 team. Uh, I know it's crazy. Um, if you've ever, I mean, Coming from a Tennessee fan, if that was the only game you watched and you're looking at Mizzou saying, what the hell, you know, they just get lucky or something? <laughs> because, no, they just – they found themselves. And and one thing that I really like about Mizzou is, is just how different they are week to week. They do not rely on one – they're not a one-trick pony. Uh, you know, so, you know, you okay there? You good, boy? We got the Bulldogs here. Let me – the thing about it is, Mike, is is they're not a one-trick pony, and it, it, they don't rely just on the, on the quarterback, which I can ne- I'll never balls. I, I'm not I'm not going to try it, but they don't. How you say his name? It's not Balzac. Is it Balzac? <laughs> Basilac. Basilac. Jeez, I'm never going to get that because you said it that one time. It just sticks in my head. So, and, and then you got Roundtree. It, it's like one week it's Roundtree carrying the team. Next next week it's. Uh, you know, it's 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 a combination. The defense is doing just enough to stay in every game that they're playing. So, and uh, Eli's dialing up the the perfect plays on on the on the most crucial opportunities. It feels like, but what really hurt Mizzou, I really think, is them playing them now. I, I think this, you know. We talked about it on a on an earlier pod this week. You know, Coach Eli was was asked the question. You know, if they would have played four weeks ago, did do you think it would have been a, a different ball game? Well, absolutely, man. Because now, obviously, there's a little bit more there's a little bit more film on JT, but that film's just showing you the crim- the chemistry that he's that he's. He's fixing with these receivers. Uh, the chemistry with the running backs, it, they are now becoming a two-dimensional offense. And uh, the defense is showing a little bit more life because of it, I think. I, I think they're just – it's nice uh, to, to have everybody working for the same goal instead of just the same old monotonous offense. So th- it's just kind of rejuvenized. And, and I really think that this would have been a better game uh, four weeks ago when Mizzou was really getting, you know, this is, that was when they were starting to hit their, their peak and, and Georgia was at rock bottom. Who knows what would have happened, but this week, Mike, I think it comes down to talent. And, uh, even though Mizzou is, is playing balls out right now, I, I just, I don't see them being able to hold on to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they're, they're on a mission, man. They're, 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 it's almost like a statement game feel uh, coming into this one. Now you have the opportunity. You're playing a top 25 team. I'm not saying that they have an opportunity to get in a bowl or a, a playoff spot, but who knows what happens in that national championship? Who knows what happens this weekend uh, with some of these teams playing? Anything could happen. And, and and if they can have a fantastic ball game here against a top 25 team, it's just – 
I don't know, maybe what they needed to get in. So I'm, I'm expecting a statement game. Uh, but I do like Mizzou to keep it close. I just I just don't see them uh, winning this one. So that's a lot of words, Mike, for the score <laughs> that I'm about to give you. Georgia 35, Mizzou 14. I, I think Georgia just pulls away early, and, and just that defense doesn't allow Mizzou to get back in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know, man. Even with Larry Roundtree and Tyler Beatty, I mean, they're running hard. They're looking like a two-headed monster there from Mizzou. Connor Basilak. He's got ice water in his veins out there. <laughs> we got Nick Bolton. This is going to be his final game as, until the bowl game, I guess. Yeah. A lot on the line for the Tigers. Red-hot Missouri Tigers. Number two in the SEC East on the line. Yeah, that's that's, that's him. (laughs) I'm not saying. But on the on the other side, man, I can't believe you said that because that's so. I didn't think of it, but I mean that's so dead on. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett was a quarterback here. I'm taking Missouri ten out of ten, I think. But JT Daniels is just, man, he's just completely changed the dynamic in in Georgia. I mean, I'm ready to crown these guys. You know, I mean, we've yeah. got we've got balance on the offense now. We could, I mean, they look like I know they were playing South Carolina, but they look like you know the team we thought they could be against the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. They just it was twenty one to zero in a blink of an eye. Yep. They took their foot off the gas the rest of the game. They can run all over you. They can now pass all over you. Uh, they're getting. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game. They're getting healthier on defense. Uh, Davis, the defensive lineman, he's expected to play. He's going to make his return. Uh, Richard LeCount, I don't think, is going to play, but he's getting closer to playing. So, man, him returning would be a huge boost. I'm a little concerned about how damn cold this game's going to be. I don't know how those Bulldogs can play in the in the cold, <laughs> cold weather. That may be the only thing uh, holding me back here. But whew, I hate to do this, Shane, but... I'm right there with you, man. I think uh, Georgia, I mean, just across the board, I think they're starting to heat up. This is uh, unlike, you know, this was a team that we kind of looked at and said, well, you know, what's going to happen when they lose to, if they lose to Florida? Are they going to cave in mm-hmm. like like so many others? And, you know, it seems like they're going the opposite direction. It seems like they're buying in. It seems like, you know, players are making plays and, and getting geared up for a solid finish and they want to set the tone and, and while there's younger players emerging all over the roster, I think they're going to come out here and smoke Missouri. I don't even think uh, if if Georgia comes out here and plays their A game, it's, this should not be a ball game. I really don't think it is. Right. And I'm going to piss off Missouri fans when I say this, but you know who have you beaten? You beat Kentucky, South Carolina fired their coach, Vanderbilt who quit on their coach. You did beat Arkansas, but – Starting quarterback wasn't there. So it kind of reminds me of Tennessee last year, beating all those teams that they should have beaten. So yeah. I, I'm not completely trying to – I know I just shat on the Missouri. I'm not trying yeah. to – I'm not trying to complete they, – they have earned their number three spot in the SEC East, and they are going to be a team to watch next season. But it's a different, completely different animal. I think Georgia's second string is more talented than Missouri's first string. I'm going Bulldogs, 35, Missouri, 20. Mm. What did I say? I'm going back. You said 35, 35. 14. <laughs> so almost the God, exact same. Wait, <laughs> oh, man. I hope this is the week you're right, man. <laughs> I got a lot of money tied up this week. Oh. Hey, big news, Shay. Just breaking news right as we uh, on the pod here. The SEC and ESPN have reached a 10-year media rights deal. This is uh, what the news that Greg Sankey was teasing. And why this is big news, Shane? The SEC on CBS moving to ABC and ESPN. Uh, but Ooh. only in a, it's still, the CBS still owns it till uh, 2024. So we still got a couple of seasons of Gary, but uh, then that'll be the end of that. And we're going to lose uh, the SEC on CBS soundtrack. I guess that, 
that glorious song, but uh, that's kind of what they were teasing there. So, man, ESPN, ABC, they've just gobbled up the entire SEC rights deal, and uh, this is this is big news in terms of uh, money because, from what I understand, CBS was paying about, uh, I think it came out to about $20 million per school that times 14, you know. Uh-huh. ESPN, I think uh, they're saying it's going to be around $70 million per school. So Damn. we're talking more than double the the amount of TV right money here. So, I mean, this is uh, this is monumental stuff. We got to fire Pruitt. We can we can afford it now. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, let them go, baby. Let them all go. What's Herb doing? <laughs> so we'll have more on that. Sankey's going to meet with the media here in a little bit, but uh, that was the big news he was teasing. Man, that's huge. That is huge. And, and it's it's huge on a, a whole bunch. Because, I mean, money talks, man. The next thing you know, the facilities keep getting nicer. The the recruiting trips get nicer. The coaching staff gets better. I mean, money makes everything work. And with the year, especially this year, man, mm-hmm. you think about it. I mean, there's going to be a couple teams that are going to be in the red. Uh, this this little uh, little – Christmas bonus that's right around the corner, you know. <laughs> that, this is this is very big for a lot of a lot of schools out there. A lot of, and and not just football, man. It's it's all these other because that's one thing we saw uh, in 2020 is you know some of these uh, smaller little programs you know going away because they just couldn't afford to to fund them and and now so this is good for all student athletes in the SEC. I love it. Yeah, and I do want one important note though. The, those uh, figures I threw out just now, not official. I was I'm reading the uh, the list right now. I was hoping they outlined it, but uh, that's those have been reported. So I'm sure we'll get the official numbers here in the days to come. But that's why they're making this move. I guarantee you, it be, be, it's because they're taking a significant jump up in profit so yeah 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 either way it's uh good news here for the sec and, and just more televised games and everything so i'm ready baby i am ready <laughs> all right buddy so hey we've made Is our that, picks gary's gone gary's gone right <laughs> so, in 2024 I mean, no, just gary's gone. Just, so who does the primetime games like abc when i think abc i think of like usc and i think of notre dame i mean Right. Who, who's like their their prime time right now? I believe that would be uh, Kurt Herbstreit and Chris Fowler. Ooh, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Yeah, they, like and they, they do the playoff yeah, and the national yeah, championship good. and everything. So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's a solid duo. Yeah, I'll do that. I like it. I like it. All right, buddy. Hey, we made our picks. You got uh, We got anything else before we hop off here for the weekend? Yeah, buddy. I got some reviews. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Well, Mike, I just want to start out by thanking the fans. You know, this has been a wild, wild freaking year. 2020 has been, I mean, we went from no football to maybe some football. We don't know if this football is going to, I mean, it was just so many question marks through the season, brother. But I'm going to tell you one thing that didn't stop was was the fan support, man. Mm -hmm. We hit this week over a thousand reviews we got a thousand and one written reviews uh that's freaking awesome man that's a shit ton of koozies mike so i appreciate you too so <laughs> but i just i just want to say man uh I, I i appreciate everybody out there that that did take the time to to give us the ratings review because that that's that's all we ask you know um this this is this we don't do this pod to make money i mean you you hear our advertising and stuff like that buddies it's it's nominal all right we do this for you guys uh you know i mean it, it, it's it helps my my gambling habit don't don't get me wrong you know my locks of the week you know but uh i i really do i appreciate everybody that that took the time uh to to give us these ratings and reviews and i'd like to read a few of those actually i'd like to read um actually i got two weeks worth here so if you just bear with me mike first one's going to come from levi 830 best College football podcast five star. Love how both of you guys are impartial and look at both sides of the ball. Very entertaining to listen to. Well, Levi, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Levi. 
Next comes from Stoops01, SEC Podcast, five-star, great show, sports and some humor. Love to hear that beer pop open. Go Vols! Well, Stoops, I appreciate you! Hey, thanks, Stoops. you got to be the only Stoops that likes the Vols. <laughs> yeah, he had me fooled there. I thought it was going to be a big Blue Nation thing there for a second, but... Beer pop open, I love that. H Philly 9, depressed Tennessee fan. I didn't write this one, Mike, I promise. Five star, been listening to this show for quite a while, and you guys are great. In-depth analysis with plenty of humor to keep the SEC fans like me listening every day. Keep up the good work. Well, H Philly, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Philly. Next comes from Jake Wilbanks. Go Big Orange, five-star. Great show, required listening. Go Big Orange. Well, Jake, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Next one comes from Chicken Walker. (laughs) I love the name. Best SEC podcast, five-star. UGA fan here. This podcast is fun and feels like I'm hanging with the boys. Not everything in life has to be so serious, and this podcast has a good info while still talking about hot takes. Mike and Shane are here to stay. Well, Chicken Walker, I appreciate you. Yeah, great name. Appreciate that one, Chicken Walker. Next one comes from Jay Wilgie. Willie B is Willie Liz. Five star. <laughs> These guys make you feel like family. They will make you laugh, make you cry, mostly laugh, and make you crave a cold one at 6 in the morning on your way to work, thanks to Shane's intro every episode. This is the best podcast out there, and I listen to Mike and Shane over my team's specific shows literally every day. They deserve all the positivity and recognition that comes their way, and I hope opportunities for y'all expand y'all show uh, presents itself. If you're not listening, you're missing out. Thanks for all you do. Cheers and go Cox. Well, Jay Wilgie, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. And I'm pretty sure I've seen you tweet out your koozie. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, drink up. (laughs) Maybe not six in the morning, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, unless it's Sunday after a Tennessee game. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Next is Tattooed Razorback. Cool name. Five star. Best SEC podcast out there. Go Hawks. Well, Tattooed Razorback, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Tattooed. Next one, JD887, hilarious five-star. Love these guys. Great podcast. Well, JD, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, JD. Next one comes from Zach Pledger, most, my most knowledgeable cousin, and I, I don't know what the rest of it says. It cuts it off here. Five, does it, do you see it on your end? No, sir. Oh, man, I bet it's hilarious. Well, Zach, I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to read that part because it cuts off. My most knowledgeable cousin, five-star. I started checking into this podcast once per week just to see if I had missed any news from the weekends. Now I found myself tuning in every day. These guys are the real deal, and it's great to hear their takes on the SEC game. One thing that sets the podcast apart is actually playing clips from the coaches' interviews. It's obvious these guys consistently put the time in, and you know what, Mike and Shane? I appreciate you. (laughs) Well, Zach, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, that's a great one. Thanks, Zach. I I do appreciate it. Yeah, I don't do the clips. That's all Mike. I appreciate you, Mike. (laughs) Next comes from PatRec22. Who knew balls could be smart? Bye! Mike and Cousin Shane bring the knowledgeable and laughs to this truly enjoyable podcast. I really appreciate how you guys, uh, how they they give each team thorough, unbiased coverage, even with UT. Shane, I was in the Smoky Mountains last week. Thanks for scaring away all those cougars. Go Gators. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pat Rick, I appreciate you. Yeah, that's another great one. Thanks, Pat. Next one comes from Kirk is Real, five-star. Good recap and actual a fun listen. Start off by following Mike's tweak and tweets and disagreeing with most of them, <laughs> but came to love the pod. Listen to at work all the time. Also, how do I get a koozie? I missed that part. Go Gators. Well, Kirk is Real, I'll let Mike explain that one, and I appreciate you. Yeah, Kirk, all you got to do – a screenshot that, send that over to that SEC podcast at gmail.com, or you could DM us. You, you said you follow me on Twitter, DM that to me, whichever is uh, most convenient for you, and uh, send me over that uh, screenshot and your address, and I'm happy to send that to you right away. 
All right, man. All right, like six more, guys. Hang in there. AU in Atlanta, perfect podcast for the SEC fans. Five star. If you enjoy SEC football, this is the podcast for you. Mike and Cousin Shane do a great job of analyzing all the SEC teams while throwing in funny stories and commentary along the way. I love hearing about my Auburn Tigers, even though the Gus bus is running on fumes, as well as getting the inside scoop on our upcoming opponents. As the saying goes, keep your friends close and your COVID-19 test results of your enemies closer. (laughs) War Eagle. Well, AU, I'm sorry we picked against you, buddy, but I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. And uh, you should have got your koozie by now. I I said that a little while ago. I'm going to tell you, Mike, there's a couple Auburn fans, and you know who you are, kind of rooting for a loss here because they are over the gust. Next comes from G.P. Wood. Quality content, five-star. Enjoy this podcast. Regular Joe's bringing quality SEC content. Keep it up, Mike and Shane. Well, GP, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, GP. Next one comes from RTR underscore 402. The Cousins give content. Five-star. Great podcast. These cousins know their stuff, and their comedic stance makes it that much better to a fan of the podcast. Roll Tide. Sorry, Shane. Hopefully, Tennessee says bye to Gary Tano before you blink tomorrow first thing in the morning. (laughs) Quick question for you both. Amongst the SEC teams, what are projected to get bowl bids? Which teams do you believe will not receive a bid by the end of the year? And what is the likelihood we have four SEC teams in a New York Six uh, bowl game? Roll Tide. Well, Mike, I think they all got a ticket to it, didn't they? Yeah, so that's the way they set I mean, it up. Everybody's bowl eligible this year, as crazy as that sounds. I don't think Vanderbilt, obviously LSU's already bowed out. I don't think South Carolina. I know uh, Keith was on the last episode, said he, they, he thought they would accept one, but I don't think they got the damn roster to do it. And mm-hmm. anybody else come to mind? Uh, I think that's about it. I think the rest of the SEC, they've got bowl bids for all of them, so – I, I think the rest of the SEC will be going bowling this off, this offseason. Yeah, man. Um, and I think as far as New Year's, I mean, I, I think it really just depends on the Texas A&M-Florida situation. I mean, those those are the two I got my eye on. Uh, maybe Georgia, do you think they sneak up and get in one of those games? Yeah, as long as they beat Missouri, I think they're in too. Okay, so, yeah, we should have plenty of SEC representing uh, on New Year's, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate the review. Next one comes from Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just saying thanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Next one comes from Joe and a lot of numbers. New listener, five-star, just started listening during the work-from-home period of 2020, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Well, Joe, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Next one comes from Patty Saul, the disappointment in Shane's voice. Five-star, fantastic podcast. And when Shane loses – you get to hear the disappointment in Cousin Shane's voice. It's wonderful. Well, Pat, that's kind of sad that you just pick on me when I'm losing, <laughs> but I appreciate you. <laughs> you just log on just to hear me upset. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pat. Uh, man, Mike, this is the one that put us over the thousand mark. Duck South Tide, the works cool killer name, five star. Been listening to y'all all season. I get a little bit of everything I need to know through throughout the week of the SEC football world. Good old football and a little comedy. Keep up the great work. Roll Tide. Well, Duck South Tide, I really do appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Duck. And last but not least, this comes from Joshua88. Great podcast. Five star. <laughs> One of my favorites to listen to while at work. Well, Josh, ooh, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Josh or Joshua, whatever you prefer to go by. Really do appreciate each and every one of you. And if you missed it there or said it, you know, just email these uh, over to that secpodcast at gmail.com. Happy to send you a beer koozie of your team free of charge. That's just our way of saying thanks for doing uh, those five-star reviews. But, uh, hey, buddy, I'm ready for some SEC action this weekend. How about you? 
Golly, me too, Mike. I'm ready to do some gambling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when your team sucks, at least you can bet on teams that are good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I think that's going to do it, Shane. Uh, appreciate uh, you hopping on the line here. I really appreciate everybody mm-hmm. tuning in. Hope your team wins this weekend. If we picked against you, hey, that's you're already looking good there. So uh, looking forward to a great weekend of SEC action. Soak it up in. <laughs> we only got two of these uh, nonstop SEC actions left before the bowl season. So uh, thanks mm-hmm. again. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. Mike, one last thing. <laughs> yes, sir. Just before I get off here, uh, just a couple people are asking me about a couple bets. One of the, A couple bets I was looking at, just two real quick, that, that are kind of enticing. I do like to do the parlays, the three-team parlays. So uh, I am throwing a hundo on uh, the Georgia covering the spread, Tennessee and Mississippi State. You know, if they're, if they're able to do that, 100 bucks. I mean, you can make 400 off that. Uh, so that's very tempting. And the other one that I'm looking at, Mike, is uh, future picks. You got Florida is 12-1 to 1 to win a natty. Um, if you can get in on that, a hundo will get you 1,200. If the Gators win the national championship, the reason I like that, out of the teams that are like you would consider an automatic in, mm-hmm. Florida still does control their destiny. They win out, they're in the, they're in the playoffs regardless. So uh, you got to like those odds. So if you're throwing some money out, uh, that's that's one to look at. Man, you got money on Florida and A&M to win it all? <laughs> well, I got in on A&M early, oh, okay. early this year. So um, I got a real good price point on that one. But the Gators, it's it's just kind of dumb not to just throw a little bit at it. You know, well, I'm not going to say dumb, but, you know, yeah, I mean, they still got uh, Alabama to play. But it's like, uh, you know, maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. Maybe you just don't listen to me. But that's, that's the two that I'm doing this weekend, uh, two of my favorite ones. All right, buddy. Well, hey, appreciate that. Uh, Shane's gambling advice. And he's somewhat of an addict on this stuff. So <laughs> he really knows this stuff when it comes to gambling. So I appreciate that one, Shane. <laughs> And uh, that's going to do it. Thanks thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. <laughs>